DI Shots Podcast, Episode 18. Well, hello everyone, and my name is Michael Avaliotis. And this is the podcast devoted to the world of LabVIEW. With each episode, we bring you discussions and share with you ideas for how you can take your LabVIEW development to the next level. Well, thank you again for joining me on this episode of the VI Shots podcast. I'm very excited today to welcome Grant Heimbach to the show. He's a LabVIEW product marketing engineer, and he's here as the marketing manager for the Data Dashboard product, which is uh, the new iPad app from National Instruments. Uh, Grant, welcome. It's great to have you on. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me today. Uh, so, Grant, um, what uh, what is your role with, with the Data Dashboard, and uh, what what is your job here? Uh, so with the data dashboard for LabVIEW app, I am managing all the outbound marketing for it. So that uh, includes all the strategy, uh, working with R&D to line out and test all the features before we release it, and uh, uh, also work with um, any other third-party companies such as Apple that we need to host it on their uh, app stores. Um, so the data dashboard is basically, um, as far as I know it, it's, it's an iPad app, correct? Yeah, so a quick overview. Uh, the newest release of Data Dashboard for, for LabVIEW uh, was just released probably uh, almost three weeks ago now, and uh, it was the current release is only for the iPad. Uh, we still have an earlier version of the app that is also supported on um, iPhones, iOS uh, smartphones, and Android uh, uh, smartphones and devices as well, uh, tablets. Um, but it is essentially a, a mobile HMI for LabVIEW measurement and control applications. So you can develop your LabVIEW application as it already is, and then remotely from around the world using this data dashboard app, you can peer in and see what your application is currently doing. So I had a chance to play around with it a little bit, uh, borrowing uh, a friend's uh, iPad, because I don't have one myself. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I found it uh, fascinating that it uh, it allows you to actually design a user interface uh, similar to LabVIEW, but not really LabVIEW. Um, but it, yeah. it allows you to put controls and indicators on the front panel. Talk a little bit about that. So it's a freeform canvas in the newest release where you can uh, drag and drop controls and indicators under the front panel. And then you use a, an adorner to uh, connect those UI elements to pieces of your application. So uh, we can connect using uh, network published shared variables or uh, secure LabVIEW web services that you have running in your LabVIEW application, we point the UI elements to those and they're able to interact back and forth with them. And uh, we find that on the on tablets, it makes it a really nice to have this freeform canvas like this to be able to move things around. The, the earlier version of the app that we released last year, it was a, a grid layout where uh, you were had more of a defined space and uh, you could only place UI elements within certain areas, but the newest version allows you to go and put them wherever you want. You can add pictures, you can change the background, uh, you can do a whole lot more with it. So basically, it's uh, you get a blank canvas and you can pull up um, various uh, indicators and uh, such. some of them like we, we know and love from LabVIEW, like a graph, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that we have three different types of graphs, a chart graph, an XY graph in um, uh, the 2.0 release that we just released three weeks ago. And uh, you have um, uh, enums and, uh, uh, or like a little drop-down type list and uh, uh, 
uh, numeric control, string indicators, stuff like that that are normal, Boolean sliders. Um, and it also has decorations as well, some, another element on uh, front panels that has kind of a similarity. But uh, the, someone could have created this themselves. The, the reason why we see a lot of customers really excited about this is that um, their LabVIEW applications uh, that were using network published shared variables or web services before, both of those are completely documented, so you can plug into them if you want, but you had to do uh, your own custom application. So you would have to have someone developing either in Java for Android or Objective-C for iOS. Someone would have to go in and build uh, this native app for you. And so it saves people a lot of time and uh, money by just having this app that they can download for free and uh, 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 add in these really nice, rich UI elements and, and tie them to their existing lab applications. And that's, um, that's important to mention that it is free. Um, and also, uh, you can create multiple pages in your app? Yeah, you can create multiple pages. So if you wanted to have a couple of different views of maybe you have uh, a couple of different compact Rios deployed out to an assembly line, and uh, each page has UI elements that are associated with each of the compact Rios. So you could view one compact Rio and see you know, how one part of the assembly line is doing, and then swipe over to the next page and uh, see how that one is currently, uh, what its statuses are. How many tests are complete? You can change any of the parameters, or maybe do an emergency shutdown if you if you program programmed it that way. Um, and another another great point is that the the new data dashboard you can even share these dashboards and these multiple pages with other people. Um, so with the earlier version you couldn't. So if you wanted to create a dashboard and send it to multiple people, uh, they would have to recreate it themselves. Now you can actually from within the app. You can email it to uh, colleagues or whoever you would like and share it that way. You can also share it by putting it into uh, an NI Cloud account that you can give other people access to and they can pull it down uh, just by doing that. Makes it great because as you update that app to your cloud service, other people can continue to pull that down. Uh, you can also lock it as well. So if you want to kind of deploy out your data dashboard and email it out to a bunch of people, but you don't want them to change the layout or uh, what elements are connected to what network published shared variables, you can share it uh, using a locked um, feature, and uh, that makes it really nice and easy to deploy. Oh, that's pretty cool. So the locking, is that some kind of password protection, or what is that exactly? Uh, you, basically, it shuts off any form of being able to, oh, to move okay. or change any of the settings. And so they wouldn't be able to go in and change the properties of a UI element. So if you have you know, uh, a gauge set from negative 10 to 10, they couldn't change that property or also what that gauge is associated with or move that gauge around. It's kind of all locked down. And when you, uh, when you attach this, it attaches as a file, and then if someone double-clicks on it, it opens up into the uh, data dashboard? So they have to have the app installed. It, it's, uh, the file format itself is .lvdd, for LabVIEW Data Dashboard. And uh, whenever that gets shared over to another iPad, if they have the Data Dashboard app installed, then they can just uh, click on it from within the email attachment and it opens automatically up into Data Dashboard and you're ready to go. So when you're placing these uh, controls or indicators, uh, let's say a graph, you place that on the, on the panel, um, how do you connect that to your data source? So you basically have to um, configure it, right? Yeah, there's, there's a little um, UI element right underneath it whenever you place any of these um, charts or graphs down. It's called, we call it an adorner. And uh, it has, it depends on which uh, element you choose, uh, but it looks like maybe a little sine wave or a little uh, world button. And you click on that, and then you have to put in the IP address of the uh, 
uh, hosted computer that you're going to be connecting to, or you know if it's a compact or wherever your LabVIEW application is running, you put in that IP address, and uh, then you go through uh, a little wizard, and it will pull up any uh, network published shared variable or web services that meet that um, uh, UI element. So, for instance, um, with the graph, uh, we can plug into a, uh, a 1D array of doubles, for instance. And so it would pull up, it would pull that LabVIEW application and figure out what type of indicators are set up for 1D array data type. And you'll it, it'll bring up a list and you choose from that. So it will, it will bring up a, a list and show you the relevant data types that you can, you can use with that. And uh, then after you get all done, you just hit run and it will go ahead and start to pull that, that information from your running LabVIEW application. So basically you have this edit mode where you're configuring and laying out your objects and then when you're ready to go, you hit the run button. Exactly right. And, and it's a little bit more powerful with the, with the newest version because we even have um, uh, properties that you can go in. So whenever you have a UI element like your graph selected, in the top right corner, there's a little cog uh, icon that whenever you select that, there's things like uh, you know default value and what, what uh, type of line that you would like that to plot, the color itself. You can even quickly change the theme uh, to make it look uh, similar to one another. There's all these different type of UI packages that you can quickly change it to and kind of give your data dashboard a little bit more professional flair, if you would like. So one one of the objects I didn't really uh, understand how to use was kind of the enum or the selector. Now, how would that link to a data source? Or is it are you controlling something at that point? Um, so with that, it is a control. So it would be uh, something that we pass into that is using uh, an enum where there is a, um, uh, a digital display or a, a digital value associated with some sort of string. So it would be, you know, zero in January, one in February, however you set that up, that's what gets passed into, into LabVIEW itself. Okay. Um, so just to kind of recap, just to make sure I understand. So when you're connecting to a data source, so this could be, uh, so what, what type of data source? Like if someone was writing their, their code in LabVIEW, uh, what would they what functions would they put down to provide this this information? So uh, to be able to host it up, you'd have to either use the network published shared variables uh, or uh, a, a web service. So you could you'd have to create both of those, and that's what Data Dashboard is looking for. Uh, the newest version also plugs into the Technical Data Cloud, NI Technical Data Cloud, which is a early access uh, product of ours. It's basically you're able to stream large amounts of information in kind of a TDMS style format into the cloud and pull that down from, from anywhere in the world. We can plug into that as well. But there is a list of supported data types um, in the data dashboard uh, documentation. Uh, the app itself has really great tutorials and really great documentation in it. So the easiest thing to do to get started with it is to download it and to start to walk through some of the tutorials to see what the supported data types are. And uh, then you can create a network published shared variable or a web service that hosts into those supported data types. So um, I'm sure there'll be um, maybe some uh, hack hackers out there that say, well, I can simulate a, uh, a LabVIEW data source in some other language, but um, this is primarily focused for uh, getting data out of your LabVIEW program, right? It, it is. It's primarily for LabVIEW applications, but at the same time, um, the network published shared variables are also supported in uh, Lab Windows CVI. Uh, so you could do it oh, okay. from from that environment as well. It's it's not closed off the the um, uh, the format that we're actually trying to uh, see within Data Dashboard. 
is very documented and very open. So we can use it from other environments as well. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Now, um, so uh, National Instruments has been have been trying to, well, I wouldn't say try, but uh, you've been developing um, mobile applications for, for a couple of years now. Um, yep. And uh, it started off in early stages with, uh, I remember uh, about two years ago, maybe, where it was like a support app yeah, uh, so where you can, we can monitor your cars and, and that type of thing. And, and then uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we see we see a lot of people within in ourselves included within within our industry start to venture into the mobile space, and everyone's trying to figure out truly what customers, um, what sort of value add that we can give customers, what sort of needs they have that can be filled by these mobile applications. And at first, a lot of people weighed in with kind of what I'd call a utility app, um, like the SR Manager, the one that you were referring to. You're able to uh, connect it with your your service account. You can see what current uh, service requests that you have open and the status of them, which is really nice um, when you're dealing with any of our application engineers. We also have things like um, uh, a DAC device pinout app. So if you're ever dealing with different C-series modules, instead of having all the user manuals open or going into Macs to look for the device pinout, you can just have it right there on your smartphone as you walk around. And uh, we also have some other academic style um, utility apps where we're, we're teaching students about theory of circuit design and people can quickly look up those. So I'd say that's where a lot of people first start out with is um, utility apps and you see it within a couple of our competitors as well. And I would say that our next big venture into um, trying to understand customer needs a little bit more and start to move forward uh, with filling in some of those uh, needs is data dashboard. That's our, our first big foray into it. And uh, that's supported so far on um, Android devices and iOS devices. Um, we're currently working on porting it over to Windows RT, which is uh, one of the new operating systems that was just released last week for Windows 8. It's powered on um, ARM-powered uh, chip devices uh, like the new Windows Surface. And uh, we're currently porting that over, hopefully for a, a later fall of this year release. Yeah, that, w- that was a, a interesting choice of Microsoft to call it Windows RT. It's confusing for us. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Coming from coming from our space, a lot of people think it's real time, and uh, you have to, you know, you have a lot of different connotations with that. It's even more confusing. Uh, it the reason why they call it that is that they use a different framework compared to full blown Windows eight. Um, if you can think about it, the the basic library that most apps call into Windows is Win thirty two. Um, on the Win R, or on the Windows RT, it's actually called Win RT which is a very um, sandboxed, thinned-down version, almost, of Win32. And so it's a completely different framework between the apps. So that's why you have to, app, have, to have an app specifically created for this, uh, this Windows RT operating system. So uh, you said, uh, so right now this is working on uh, iOS, which is uh, iPad, basically, because you need the sort of the large screen to be able to edit your, your diagrams. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Not yeah, diagrams, yeah. but from panels. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, you also, you said, so it's available on Android as well. Um, Android tablets, that is, right? Yes, yeah, so Android tablets and smartphones, but it's the earlier version of the application, uh, oh, okay. which is um, uh, has a grid-like pattern. And for that one, you can actually only remotely view your LabVIEW applications. The newest version out for the iPad, uh, you can re- uh, remotely view and control your LabVIEW application, and you have... The, the free free Canvas format and uh, all the other new features that are great. Um, and, and kind of the reasonings for that, a lot of questions I get, you know, is is why you guys such Apple fanboys and uh, why not support it on Android devices as well, the new version that is. And kind of the reasoning for it is that uh, so far within the, the tablet space, 
Um, iPad has been winning out as far as market share. Uh, last year, they were hosting around a, a 68, 66% market share of all of tablets worldwide. Uh, we have seen um, Android gaining ground over the past, I'd probably say, four to five months. Um, and uh, the newest numbers I've seen uh, today uh, were projecting that Android uh, would be closer or that iOS would be closer to around 55 to 58% of the market share. So we, we, what we really wanted to do with the newest release of Data Dashboard is to have this richer environment, which is um, the user experience for this richer canvas where you have this large space that you can place these different UI elements and, and resize them and zoom in and out. It really lends itself to a tablet. So we knew we wanted to do a tablet, and then we wanted to make it as feature-rich as possible. Um, the amount of features that we uh, have loaded into the newest version of Data Dashboard is just staggering compared to the old features that we had in the first version. And so we were able, by concentrating on just one um, platform, one device, to start off with, um, we were able to create a really rich feature set, get that out to customers, see what they like. And then as the market uh, starts to take shape, and uh, a lot of analysts are predicting that um, Android will kind of uh, take a little bit more of a market share chunk and uh, might become a little bit more competitive, we'll know uh, what features customers really like. So if we ever do port over to Android, then we'll be able, on Android tablets, we'll be able to, to have everything all lined out. Now, um, Apple announced uh, recently uh, a new line of iPads, but also uh, an iPad mini as well. Um, you guys going to be compatible with that? Yeah, really excited about it. So um, any apps that are currently supported on iPad 2 or above, including the new Retina Display iPad, are uh, supported on the iPad mini. So you can still download the data dashboard for LabVIEW app uh, right off the bat whenever you get your mini in the mail. Um, the, the issue is, is that the resolution is different. And so uh, just like whenever the new um, iPhone 5 came out, it had a different resolution. It was a, a little bit larger. Um, apps were supported on it, but uh, software developers had to go back in and some of them had to tweak uh, how their UI looked in there and release a newer version that supported the new hardware. Um, uh, since the, the hardware was just released and Apple is really closed about their new hardware that is coming out, we don't know exactly how the dashboard is going to look uh, fully. It should be fully supported and hopefully it's going to be great, but we might have to make some minor tweaks later on. But uh, as soon as you get your iPad mini in the mail, you can, you can download the app for free and it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. I, co I ordered a couple dozen of them, so I'm okay. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I <Yeah>. wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, that sounds awesome. Um, so talk a little bit uh, more about the technical data cloud. So is this, uh, so you can, yeah, explain this a little bit, a bit more about the technical data cloud. So the technical data cloud is a, uh, a new product from NI. It's in early access, um, meaning that you have to uh, call a, a sales engineer and work with them if you're interested in getting a license. Um, but really what it does is that it adds a new palette uh, to LabVIEW that um, for uh, a, a short summary of it is that you would replace your TDMS API within your LabVIEW application with this technical data cloud. So instead of writing to a local file, you're actually writing to a file that is stored in a server somewhere else. Either you can store um, uh, the information yourself or store it within uh, our technical data cloud. And from that, uh, and it's just, uh, it's essentially like you would do a TDMS where you write data you know, with channels and group names uh, so that later on you can search these very large data sets uh, for these different filters really, really quickly. And uh, other people around the world can uh, 
monitor that data. So you could have one LabVIEW app publishing data to the cloud, uh, you know, in a Brazilian rainforest, as long as you have internet connection, of course, and be sitting, uh, you know, out in San Jose, California, and pulling that data, the, the current data down and being able to look at it. And uh, so you'd be able to create another LabVIEW app, an executable if you'd like, that uh, can, can monitor that data and harvest it and display it on a graph. Or you could use the, the data dashboard app. So if you wanted to uh, monitor that information while you're on the go, you could do that as well. Yeah, so that, that provides an alternative for um, instead of reading directly from uh, the computer or, or the, the hardware device, you can just uh, read it off the cloud. Exactly. It gives you all the benefits, um, all the benefits, pros and cons of the cloud, which the pros are, um, uh, you know, it's not saved locally. So if the device is ever destroyed for whatever reason, it's still out there. Um, and also by it being posted to the cloud, uh, you don't have to email a file to everyone. Uh, you know, everyone just has the most current data up to date and everyone can view it at the same time. Uh, some of the downsides is still the same ones you have with any cloud application where it's hosted uh, in the cloud. So you have to think about security. Um, and also, uh, if those servers ever do go down, which we see websites and uh, services go down all the time, uh, then that data will be down for a little bit until the servers are, are rebooted, then you have access to it again. But, but those are, that's not uh, you know, just with the technical data cloud. That's any cloud-type service, you know, Gmail or Amazon Web Services and anything else that uh, plugs into it. So Grant... Um at uh, this year's NI Week, uh, we saw Jeff Kodowski come on stage and, and do some uh, really amazing demos uh, with with the iPad um, and LabVIEW programming specifically. Um, so now, right now, we have the Data Dashboard 2.0, which is really awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Is there is there uh, anything down the pipe, uh, or what is the direction of this moving forward? Is it going to be something similar to what uh, Jeff K uh, showed us, like programming LabVIEW on the iPad? Well, we're, we're already planning uh, future releases of the Data Dashboard app. Uh, we're working on new features uh, based on customer feedback. Um, as soon as people, and the, the app's only been out for three weeks, but we've had really great success of customers downloading and updating to the new app and providing a lot of feedback, uh, a lot of it positive, which is great for me to read positive emails every day. Um, but we're able to incorporate some of these uh, feature sets. And the great thing about mobile development is that it's uh, normally a very quick uh, development cycle. So uh, we can uh, add all these new features and push them out in a relatively short amount of time. Um, uh, but you were right, the, the NI Week uh, demonstrations by Jeff were really cool, showing the kind of the physics engine of LabVIEW running on an iPad, which is uh, a really great novel idea. You know, LabVIEW is set up natively, uh, I would say the, the best out of any programming language for touch, which is where we see all of the um, uh, desktop, PC, laptops, uh, any tablets, that's where the space is going. Everything is going to be touch friendly. And uh, I think LabVIEW very uh, easily extends itself to that. But um, I don't want to tip our hand too much. I, I think it would ruin some surprises of, of later NI weeks. But um, uh, I think that I, everyone really enjoyed Jeff's presentation and demonstrations at NI week. And so I'd, I'd hope to see some more of those in the future. I hope so too, because that was pretty cool. Because um, even with the, the current Data Dashboard 2.0, you, you get the feel of a little bit of LabVIEW, like you get um, the multi-touch and the, the, the pinch and, and, and stretch of the objects. And that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and I like how you guys incorporated the, the run arrow. So you're actually running something just like a VI. So 
Um, a little bit of hints in there of what's to come, I guess. Uh, so that that's exciting. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you uh, uh, that we forgot to talk about uh, related to the data dashboard? Um, no, I think that uh, so we're currently porting data dashboard for Windows RT, which I mentioned, which will hopefully be coming out um, here in the next few months later on this fall. And uh, uh, it's still available right now for the iPad. And I highly encourage customers to go set it up. I'm, I'm hoping to be doing some uh, webcasts and presentations uh, around the world uh, concerning LabVIEW web services, how to plug in data dashboard into your application. Got great feedback from out in California here last week um, uh, teaching customers that. So I, I think a lot of people are really, really interested and uh, expect to see a lot more information on how you can plug this into your existing application. But for, for those wanting some information in the meantime, uh, you don't have to wait for me. If you go to inna.com slash mobile, you can view all of our mobile apps that we have available now, as well as get connected on our smartphone community, which is a group we have on our, our NI community website that uh, people are plugging in data dashboard or these other applications into their LabVIEW applications right now. So there you can, you can get help and ask questions and see what other people are working on. That sounds great. And uh, I mean, of course, we should remind people the app is free. You can download it if you have an iPad and just try it out, right? I mean, um, I love the way you guys have used actually um, panels within Data Dashboard to uh, provide tutorials on how to use Data Dashboard. So <laughs> Exactly. We're kind of eating our own dog food and using the product itself to explain the product, which is great. Right. It's pretty awesome. Okay, Grant, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks a lot. Well, and thank you folks for listening to this episode of the VI Shots podcast. As always, you can visit us online at vishots.com. You can leave feedback there for this episode, or you can send us email to feedback at vishots.com. Remember to follow us on Twitter at VI Shots and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash VI Shots. Thank you and bye for now.